0: Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit. They like it here. They move here. And Harold Smith.
1: In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community is an excellent place to be from.
0: And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast.
1: Well, here we are again. It is last uh, last episode was uh, episode dozen, and so this is episode baker's, baker's dozen. dozen. That's right, episode thirteen of the Rivertown Review podcast. I'm Harold Smith,
2: and I'm Megan Rapp,
1: and uh, we are going to. If you uh, were, if you listened to uh, episode twelve before you listened to this one, uh, this is a kind of a continuation of that one.
2: And we're sorry if you're dizzy.
1: Uh, we went through a lot yeah. of stuff. Oh yeah, you got yeah. You had to hang on to something real solid because we we went it, it I I would um, we in the episode we did with uh, John Wingate where we talked about the cave system and with Linda Colbert we talked about the the she's wondering where I'm going with this
2: labyrinth talk, style
1: yeah the labyrinth style that goes all all of a sudden you're going one direction all of a sudden there's three or four different directions that you kind of you go which direction I'm going in now and then we we kind of did that. Uh in the last episode.
2: But I will tell you that style is uniquely American, according to Mark Twain. Ah. I love bringing Mark Twain into random conversations. (laughs) It is. It is a uniquely he even has does a short story, which is really great if you're hearing someone like, for example, here in Hannibal like Richard Gary or Jim Waddell. Mm -hmm. it, It I believe it's a short story called How to Tell a Story, and it talks about how it's uniquely. This style of kind of meandering, maybe originally, uh, or, or you know, having having an original point and then going all over the place, and you might get back to where you started, or you <laughs> might not. But by that time, people have have enjoyed the ride. Oh sure, uh, yeah. So <laughs> whatever the first part of it was, the, may or may not have been resolved, but they had a great time and they probably maybe giggled or laughed. Um, that is a uniquely an American style of um, storytelling. Yeah. And so we are just following in the footpaths of greatness, exactly. footsteps
1: of greatness. Yeah, whatever it was that she said. Yeah, that that's right. Uh, as always, thank you for being here. We we appreciate the fact that you have downloaded us, following us. Um, if you want to leave us a, a very nice review, please do so. If if nothing else, if there's a place to put to, to register stars, uh, do that as as many stars as you would like. Uh, you were you were you, you talk about that um, about Twain, the going all over the place like maybe maybe that's why this we have the time that we do is because i mean lord knows that's kind of what we're all about Uh, i'm going to get around to a point here in a second when i when i was in high school a very very long time ago um in speech contests they had what they called duet acting and a friend of mine and i uh they we didn't know of a two-person thing to do so our speech instructor suggested the an encounter with an interviewer the Mark, the Mark Twain piece, oh. the, the only bad thing about that, that, that was such a neat thing. But, and of course, Mark Twain takes this interviewer and just, just plays with him like crazy, just sends him on a ride. The only trouble about that kind of thing, if you're trying to memorize that, whenever you're learning lines for a play or something like that, you know, you, you kind of, okay. You know, there's, there's some, it's, it's connected together somehow so that you can remember, well, we we're going here. So my next line is this. You can't do that with that kind of a thing because it just goes, it goes here and goes there. And
2: hmm. I'm, you know, if, if anyone is thinking about entering politics and wanting to know (laughs) how okay, an interviewer asked me a question that I don't really want to answer, or maybe I don't have an answer to, because come on. No one's omnipotent. They might ask a random question about something you've never heard of or something that you are not um, up to up to date on. Anytime you have an interview opportunity, you need to read an encounter with an interviewer and you will know how to deflect s- all so many questions. Tur- turn turn the interview around on the interviewee and leave them a befuddled puddling mess
1: exactly because the because the last thing oh yeah he didn't him and politicians oh man but the last thing that somebody in that kind of a setting wants to say to a random question the three words they do not want to say are i don't know they don't want to say that so they go on for five minutes and in the end you're going you really didn't know did you and but Yes.
2: Or in Twain's case, <laughs> you don't even get that far. Oh no! Wait, like, what?
1: What? <laughs> well, how, what? You've forgotten? You've forgotten the question? You at forgot that the point. original question? Hey, exactly. Which is kind of the whole point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't suffer. So I, I don't know, suffer. Fools would be an overstatement, but yeah, he didn't. No. i don't think
2: it'd be an overstatement especially in his later years he did not suffer fools lightly.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah but but, i I think
2: i think it's one of those things when my grandfather turned (laughs) i was like 78 or 80. um a little bit deaf as i am nowhere near that age and i'm a little bit deaf but you know so he spoke loudly and he said you know at my age i figure i can pretty much say whatever i want by now
0: Mm -hmm.
2: i'm like I'm I hope to reach that age where I can you know
1: yeah like. I I have I have flashes of that at at this point you know I'm I mean I'm in in a, in a line of work where you you have to be when you're behind a microphone we have
2: fcc regulations yeah you have but...
1: fcc which we don't have in podcasts, podcast but I've, uh-huh. I've i've still managed to you know keep it under control we keep uh, it
2: clean for the kids yeah, yeah that's
1: right yes we do yeah just in case there's some young ones that are with an earshot we we try to you know keep it uh keep it in the bounds of good taste mm-hmm. and and we're you know we're 98 we're uh you know we've we've managed to do that and considering we're 13 episodes in it's just no no spot where were we going with this well i was just
2: gonna say because twain twain did not suffer fools lightly and so uh yeah he's like i'm i'm gonna gonna say what i want to say and i'm gonna write what i'm gonna write and you can't release my autobiography until 100 (laughs) years after i'm dead and I know I've mentioned it before, but that takes some chutzpah to think that people are going to care what you have to say 100 years after you're dead. Oh, but it ended up on the New York Times bestseller list, so apparently people did care what yeah, he had to say. Oh,
1: most definitely. And yeah, and for him to have said all of the things that he said and to lay into all of the people and issues and topics that he laid into, and then for him to still say, you know, even though all of this stuff I've said, there's still some stuff that, that I that I've got on my mind. That I don't want anybody to read until I've been dead for a very, very long time. Yeah, it
2: was. It was based. It was basically the pre uh, pre social media version of y'all ain't ready for this. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yes, you can't handle the truth. You
2: can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't want backlash on my family, so just hold on to that
1: yeah, yeah. stuff for a hundred years. Wait a hundred years, and then I'm gonna lay it on you. And he did.
2: And of course, we've been talking about people from Hannibal, famous, not so famous, real, not so real, places that were real or not so real, or renamed after unreal places, (laughs) which is one of my personal favorite stories. But, Mm. um, you know, when you have a historic town like Hannibal, a a lot of places, you know, a lot of historic towns, you know, you've got plaques and you've got monuments of this person lived here and this person lived here. And, you know, you've got cemetery tours, like you said, we've had Donna on, talk about Really interesting people that um, are buried in Mount Olivet Cemetery and other cemeteries around Hannibal, um, and then we also have the unique, the unique, um, <laughs> the oppor- not opportunity, the the unique, what's what's the word I'm looking for, um, quandary mm. of well, there's some there's one thing that we can't put a statue of or a a little plaque of um, this famous person lived here because he lived on a boat in the middle of the mississippi that's right
1: yeah there is no there is no uh cliff edwards home uh boyhood home or any other kind of home uh to uh, to, to go to because
2: because he was on a boat Harold. <laughs> he was on a boat his parents lived on a boat which apparently was a done thing back in the day mm-hmm. i just read a book about it. It all this these kind of during the depression and it was just kind of a, a river river Caravan, Like, people just lived on houseboats, and they didn't really have a place. They just kind of went up and down the river. And I'm glad that you remember the name Cliff Edwards, because I can never remember the name Cliff Edwards. I only call him Ukulele Ike. But I wasn't the only one, like you said. The
1: the reason he got that nickname was because somebody couldn't remember his name. Now, Cliff Edwards, uh, born in Hannibal, Missouri, uh, left school at the age of 14, moved to St. Louis, uh, entertained as a singer in saloons, and... He took up the ukulele because um, when it, when you entertained in saloons and the the pianos that they would have there, if they had a piano, usually it was in pretty bad shape. So so that he so that he knew that he would have a musical instrument for accompaniment, he uh, learned how to play an instrument, and the cheapest instrument in the music shop was the ukulele, and so that's how he came to play the ukulele, and then there was a club owner that he worked for that could never remember his name so he played the ukulele so he called him ukulele ike
2: i'm super glad that (laughs) the person that helped launch his stage name slash career could also not remember his name that puts me in the in 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 the in the company of greatness of people that have bad memories
1: yes and for those who do not know uh we are talking about his i mean he he did so many things. Uh he was in Vaudeville. He was uh, he did uh movies, uh, not only silent films but talkies. Uh he was uh, he was the uh, did a lot of voice acting which is what he ultimately became famous for. He was he voiced the off-screen wounded Confederate soldier in Gone with the Wind in a hospital scene to give you an idea. He was in. Yeah, <laughs> that, how <laughs> random is that? Uh, yeah, definitely. But
2: hey, you know you have a you have a, uh, a credit um, on one of the biggest movies of all time.
1: Exactly, but he Take was it. he was in uh, a number of movies back in. We're talking uh, the twenties, the thirties, uh, and then in 1940, there was the Walt Disney production of Pinocchio, and dun,
2: dun, dun. and
1: there came the character of Jiminy Cricket who was voiced by Cliff Edwards, ukulele Ike, and the rest, as they say, is history. When You Wish Upon a Star, as a matter of fact, it was that particular recording, the 1940 recording of When You Wish Upon a Star in 2002 was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame God, you didn't know Grammys had a Hall of Fame, did you? I
2: didn't, mm-hmm. and also I'm saying not too shabby for somebody that grew up on a boat.
1: That grew up on a boat, yes, and uh, left home at 14. Left. Uh, that, that's another trend, isn't it? People living in Hannibal, being born in Hannibal or uh, you know, from the area originally and leaving at an early age, just like Mark Twain did.
2: Yeah. You know, you didn't have uh, the work from home capability. Mm. You didn't have the the interwebs where you can, you know, (laughs) go and and in order to make your way in the world, you either went west, young man, or you went south, young man, to St. Louis or out to other, you know, you lit out for the unknown territory to make your way in the world. So. Yes.
1: Yeah, you didn't didn't have to. You couldn't. Didn't have the capability, like you say, of sitting and you didn't have the world in front of you at your fingertips with through the through the through the interweb. So you you had to do it, get out and go. And he did. And uh, I mean, he in, thanks to that, um, you know, he was on the Mickey Mouse Club. He did uh, Disney, uh, did various Disney short uh, subjects and uh, Disney Christmas Spectaculars uh, along the way uh... died in nineteen seventy one uh... he was he had he had like so many people that had uh, made their mark in the early days uh... he had fallen on hard times he was penniless when he died uh, disney the disney folks learned of that uh... and they uh... paid for his grave marker and uh... took care of his remains when when the time came uh... but uh, cliff edwards ukulele i for, and for those for neither for whom neither one of those names rings a bell, uh, he will be forever known as Jiminy Cricket.
2: Jiminy Cricket. So he actually sang "When You Wish Upon a Star."
1: Yes, he did.
2: Did you know that the ukulele is really having like a resurgence among like hipsters and ah. other people, and probably for the same reason—it's cheap instrument sure. and it's very portable. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a couple of relatives that now play the ukulele. Oh. This is not so much different than the banjo and. It's like a thing now. You learn how to play the ukulele. Yeah,
1: and when I think when I think of the more the more recent uh, you know things for which the ukulele the I can't think of the guy's name the Hawaiian guy whose name is about Ye long
2: um mas Maz, uh,
1: yeah yeah that guy uh, he did well he did uh, somewhere, somewhere over the rainbow mm-hmm. somewhere over the rainbow that you hear that is one of the few songs I have ever heard to digress that I have heard in what for in weddings. And in funerals, uh, along the way, there's there's some songs that are like that. But uh, that particular one, speaking of uh, 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 songs in which uh, the ukulele is uh, is prominent, I
2: was going to say he was known for. Uh, uh, I think uh, is it, it was the short his short like yeah his, cause right. his first name was uh, Israel and I um, come on. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to mess that up. So, uh, yeah. I'm just going to leave that there.
1: I could I could probably take a take a good shot at it, but that is all it would be would be uh, would be a shot at it.
2: So yeah, I mean, like I said, your people are, are, are ukulele is seeing a resurgence.
1: Which, hey, why not?
2: Why not? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us for the Hannibal Rivertown Review podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Also, for comments and suggestions, you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and visit us at rivertownreview.com and rivertownreview on Facebook.
2: So, you know. hmm while we cannot have a plaque on a house that said "Ukulele Ike Slash Cliff Edwards lived here," we can have a plaque on a house where a fictional character who does not exist, <laughs> as a joke, quote unquote, lived.
1: Uh huh.
2: You know what I'm talking about? I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm.
1: Mash. Ah, oh, that guy. Yes, there ought to be. There ought to be some kind of uh, something plaque theres 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 is. There is. There is. There, oh, there.
2: There is. There is. There is a. There is.
1: Shut the back. Or as as Sherman <laughs> Potter would say, mule fritters.
2: Mule fritters. <laughs> um, yes. Shut the front door. Yeah. There is a historic home in Hannibal
0: uh-huh.
2: that has a plaque from <laughs> from someone with a sense of humor, uh-huh. um, and it is known as the Colonel Sherman T Potter House.
1: How about that? Yes. I have got to go find this house and and take a picture of this plaque or something. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That is uh yeah, he Colonel Sherman Potter if people people who and Mash is one of those shows now these days if you got satellite uh, we've got Dishnet at home. There, it is, it is. MASH is on all the time, somewhere, oh. one channel or another.
2: It used to be Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Now <laughs> it's like it's MASH. MASH can be on anywhere. So uh, if you don't know uh, who MASH is, you might just want to zone out for the rest of this because we're going to be talking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's right. But uh, in season four of MASH, uh, the guy who had been the commanding officer, McLean Stevenson, uh, portrayed Colonel Henry Blake. Uh, decided he wanted to leave the show because
2: um, I mean you know leaving a hit show is obviously the best career yeah, move. Oh, oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. But Whatever. but Mash was one of those shows, and they had that happen more than once. Uh, Wayne Rogers played Trapper John. He left. They were able to bring in new people, develop new characters, and not miss a beat. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of the certainly the well the, the well him he and Wayne Rogers left uh, about the same time, so they brought in Mike Farrell to play B.J. Honeycutt, and they brought in Harry Morgan, uh, who was, I mean, he had been uh, legendary. He, He, up to that point, he had been one of those guys that you might not know his name, but when you saw him, you go, yeah, that's who that is um he's uh, been been in westerns he's in like a cowboy hall of fame or something like that for nice. all the westerns that he was in uh, along the way but on tv way back in the late 50s early 60s there was a show called December bride he was a recurring uh, uh, member of that cast and then they spun off a show he was a neighbor in that show and his name was Pete and then they spun off Pete and Gladys which uh, like i say i vaguely remember that stuff uh, then we knew him, uh, a later incarnation of Dragnet. Uh, oh. Yeah, the, he was, uh, the, the officer's name was Bill Gannon. He was Joe Friday's partner. We're talking late 60s, early 70s for that. And We're then, going way back. Way back, yes. Back, as far as you're concerned, before the dawn of recorded time. But
2: uh, Did he ride a dinosaur tour?
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, huh. uh, whatever. No. Uh yeah, he, I know you'll get me back later. Yeah, oh yeah, you yeah, you, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. Uh but then the uh, 1975, I believe, 1974-75, then came the opportunity. He had played another part in a previous episode of MASH, but uh they but when they but they were impressed with him with Harry Morgan and they brought him back when they needed a new CEO. They brought in uh, Colonel Sherman Potter. And his hometown was Hannibal, Missouri.
2: And... and I have to admit, I have friends that, well, when when they didn't have, you know, this was pre-Netflix, like, instant download. Mm-hmm. They have the whole, all the seasons of, of MASH. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when they had nothing to do, they're like, okay, let's watch an episode of MASH. Mm-hmm. So they could probably say everything verbatim I don't know how much how much was Hannibal mentioned like how much did he did he mention how did we know he was from Hannibal
1: um uh, no actually I went to a website and it showed all of these discrepancies about how old he was and where he was from Very early on, he people would...
2: have so much free time. I would love to be yeah. one of those people.
1: I, I got bogged down in that thing and my eyeballs glazed over he and You went going, down a rabbit I, hole. I, I, yes, I did. Oh, baby. Yeah. I got out of there just as fast as I could. Maybe not quite fast enough. But in the early, early Sherman Potter episodes, he talked about Nebraska and places like that. But, but, but that was just like a mention or two. But once we got into the body of the show... It it was mentioned. I mean, I can't say that he mentioned it a lot, but he mentioned it enough to where we knew anybody that was a regular viewer of Mash knew that Colonel Sherman Potter was from Hannibal, Missouri, uh, and he, he kept his had a picture of his wife on his desk, which was Harry Morgan's actual wife. The the picture that you see of uh, it was Mildred, Mildred Potter was the mm-hmm. character. Saw a picture of that. That was really Harry Morgan's wife. Uh, and there are some other things that if you are really into, you know, the minutia of mash that he hung on his wall and, and that kind of thing, but where, and they, they did a, they did a, you know, complete contrast. Colonel Henry Blake was more of a bumbler. He was, you know, was not a leader by any stretch of the imagination where Sherman Potter, he was more, I mean, he was regular army. He had been cavalry in world war one. Had uh, after that had pursued a career in medicine, then was was back in the service in World War II, and then his third war was Korea. Uh, as far as his his backstory is concerned, uh, and um, yeah, he uh, he was more uh, he would like I say he was regular army, but he understood that the characters that he was dealing with with hawkeye pierce and uh, by that time bj honeycutt and and all of the rest and and major charles emerson winchester uh and 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 uh, margaret houlihan hot lips and all of with all of the etc and and not even forget corporal Klinger, who was who spent the whole war trying to get out and then wound up staying behind in korea because he fell in love with a korean girl at the end of the series But that's another story. But with all of the, I say all of that to say that he, he knew, uh, as far as his leadership style was concerned that, yeah, he was regular army. And when it came down to it, you needed to follow the rules and regs, but you had to give these people some slack. Otherwise they'd all go crazy. And so he became the, became the father figure. Uh, for these uh, for these people you uh,
2: know that that fictional upbringing in Hannibal Missouri <laughs> really just molded him into the fictional man that he was
1: yeah that's right but he was he was best known I have I have let me you can see here uh, Megan can see I got I got five pages of things that he said of potter isms that are here and that was just exclamations uh, you know the the various ways instead of saying you know uh, it, it, for excrement of one kind or another it was never excrement it was mule fritters it was
2: i think that that's a great way to close this um, i think yeah. we need to f- to close this with some Potterisms. yes
1: some um, yeah he uh uh in uh, let's see uh in talking about uh, how small hawkeye has made radar feel uh he uh, referred to that feeling as a, a pimple on a flea um uh, he was telling the, the psychiatrist, Sidney Friedman, who would come around, how poor the morale in camp is. He said, This unit is running as smoothly as a pig on stilts. Uh, he was, uh, and the, the various uh, explanations suffer in sheep dip, sweet limburger, shivering shin bones, ah, pony pucks, uh, pigeon pellets, what in the name of sweet Fanny Adams happened here, uh, mule muffins. Uh, he was uh, annoyed with Winchester. Waking him up in the middle of the night he said, Hang on to your Homburg, Winchester. Uh, then we got Buffalo Bagels, we've got uh, jumping Jack Armstrong. Um, let's see. Uh he was uh, talk telling someone he was hoping he wouldn't get pranked. He said, But just include me out, understandu. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Uh holy hemostat. Uh what in the name of Marco Blessed Polo is going on here? Um reprimanding the doctors and Margaret for continuing with their practical jokes against his orders. Ah, you're a peck of pips, all right.
2: Pack of pips.
1: A peck of pips. You betcha.
2: You know, I feel like this is a bit of a lost <laughs> art. Like, I, I I feel like I need to pick pick up some of these. Like, uh, what is this? Horse horse puck? Um, horse pucks? You, what are you talking about? Know, we, we, had, we, had, we, had, po-
1: we had pony pucks. Po-
2: pony pucks. We pony pucks. Ho- holy pony pucks. Uh, we
1: have beaver biscuits. <laughs> uh We have We have, I mean, horse hockey. I mean, he's, he's, you can, there, there's a, there are coffee mugs that you can get that have his picture on them and a list of all of his, of his exclamations like that. That you can, for, you know, 1995 operators are standing by and your credit card ready. You know, you can get all these all these. We will name. We
2: will name where you can get that once they sponsor us. Uh, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Whenever they
1: are on board as a sponsor, we will we will do that. You you better believe it. But yeah, and of course, again, being in this line of being in the radio line of work, it, it is all about saying things in such a way that you skirt around FCC regulations and still make sure that the people know what it is that you're talking about.
2: Yes. Yeah. Holy pony pucks. Uh-huh. What? Yes.
1: I know uh, one of the, on TV, I've heard, uh, I think one of the judge shows, they talked about bovine excrement. Uh, yeah. Say, you know, you know what they mean. You know what they mean. But they're not saying it. Yeah. So that's just, uh, there's a, there's an art <sighs> to that and Colonel Sherman Potter had that art down to a science.
2: And I think that we should close with giving a salute to our final fictional character yes, from indeed. from fictionally from hannibal missouri mm-hmm. for his fantastic <laughs> non-sweary uh <laughs> sign-offs and exclamations mm-hmm. because by golly that that's some good that's some good bovine you, excrement you, right you, there
1: you better believe it what in the name of george armstrong custody do you think you're doing
2: george yeah. <laughs> i think we've all learned something today yes we've learned that we need to expand our vocabulary with things like pony pucks
1: exactly yeah that's just uh
2: i mean i've heard you know what in the sam hill i mean that's that's in here too oh that's in there too
1: sweet nefertiti Uh, it's it's all in there everything i everything i need to learn about you know exclamations i learned from about non-swearing swearing (laughs) swearing. non-swearing that's it Non-swearing, swearing—you bet you. Betcha. We've you, all we've all done it as parents. We've done it, uh, you know, uh, trying because kids will pick. Well, they pay attention at some of the darndest times, uh, oh, including when we, we we <laughs> when we slip and come up with that stuff and they repeat it right back to us too and you go
2: where did you learn
1: that and you're going oh remember
2: oh. when that guy cut you off
1: mommy <laughs> yeah yeah you're yeah it, it, what is it, the line uh uh you know i think it was probably a Dennis the menace line uh, where he runs to mom and says mom dad's using his golf words again <laughs> You know, uh, which brings us full circle. Actually, it and does. We started the last, the episode, last episode talking about, about golf.
2: My golf escapades. Mm-hmm. My one, my one golf uh, experience as an adult. Which, by golly, I I, I learned that a, a golf can can be a good walk yeah, that, that is not spoiled, or a good ride in a golf
1: cart. Well, yeah, a good that ride is, in a golf cart that is not spoiled. not spoiled. There you go. This is a, a time of epiphany. Uh, it India. is.
2: And I tell you, I think that our listeners enjoy, um, well, we're hoping that they they enjoy the ride of randomness, um, you know, learning a little bit about both the real people and fictional people that we celebrate here in Hannibal, um, and just the, the fun and uh uh enjoying the ride of this podcast so hopefully wherever you are if you're in the car if you're washing your dishes we've made you chuckle and um we've kept hannibal at the top of your little gray matter here and you think you know what these people are having so much fun in hannibal maybe i should go check it out and see what's going on
1: yeah i was thinking i i have i have a new i have a new goal with this with this podcast because there are people in this life i've seen them on tv usually or, or in other venues, whether it's on stage or wherever it might be. And I and I sit there and I think, boy, those people are having way too much fun. My goal for for this podcast, for us, is for people to listen to us and shake their heads and go, man, those people are having way too much fun.
2: Too much fun. Maybe I will have that much fun if I go to Hannibal.
1: That's it. Come or come back or, or come live here. That would be just fine. Yes.
2: Come hang out. Because not only do we, you can come hang out with real and or fictional people and you can go, you never know what you're going to see or who you're going to see. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to a couple of years ago when a raft, a recycled raft pulled up um, <laughs> with a company of ghost clowns and we don't have time to talk about that right now. No, no, we do not. But maybe that'll come up in a future episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you heard that correctly. I said ghost clowns
1: ghost clowns yes Uh, so yeah hang on to that hold that thought uh and you talk about you know strange you know uh, things you you might not see anywhere else which still reminds me we got to get lisa in here again to talk about steampunk uh in the not too distant future so most definitely yeah definitely but we we thank you so much for for making us a part of your day wherever it is that you might have uh, chosen to uh to listen to us uh, if you're on the road at home, wherever it might be, somewhere in between. We, we appreciate it very much. We are, we are grateful. We are humbled that you have uh, chosen to join us. Uh, and I am Harold Smith.
0: And I am Megan Ramp.
1: And that is the Rivertown Review podcast, episode 13. And we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, RivertownReview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast.